0: Welcome back to the Truth Unveiled podcast where we discover the truth of the world. Now today we bring back the discussion of climate change and discuss a big issue closely related to it. Fast fashion. I'm sure you've all heard of it. I mean, you all know big brands like H&M, Zara, and Sheen, right? Well, those are fast fashion companies. In order to tackle this big topic, we invite a former guest. Welcome back, Amelie.
1: Hello! I'm so glad to be here again and able to spread awareness on these topics!
0: Before we discuss fast fashion, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm actually doing pretty great! I just came back from a trip from Europe!
0: That's so cool! Where in Europe did you go?
1: I was in multiple places and multiple cities, including um, cities in Germany, Italy, Switzerland, and there I was visiting friends and family. How about you?
0: After our stay in Kiel for an exchange program, my dad and I drove through many cities in Germany, like Bremen and Aachen, to, to visit friends. Then we stayed for half a week in a small village where most of my dad's extended family lives. Then, with my sister, the both of us flew to Alicante, Spain alone to stay in a two-week-long overnight camp for Spanish and sports. And it's already been a week since that camp, and I really miss everyone so much from there. It was so much fun there.
1: That does sound like a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it really was. How was the exchange that we took in Kiel for you?
1: It was definitely a lot of fun for me as well. I bonded with a whole lot of people, made some good friends, but it was also hard to say goodbye.
0: Yeah, it was a shame for me, and I had to go through the same pain last week when I said goodbye to all of my friends from the Spanish camp.
1: Yeah, unfortunately life is like that often, but maybe you could plan to see them again. So, since summer's, um, like, we still have a lot of summer left, what do you have planned?
0: Well, for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be in volleyball camps to try and make it onto a club team for the upcoming fall season. Other than that, I might go to Tahoe with friends and go to other camps with some other friends.
1: That sounds like a great summer that you've got planned out.
0: Yeah, so why don't we head into the discussion of the fast fashion scheme? Alright. So, Amelie, could you please explain to our listeners what fast fashion really is?
1: Of course. Fast fashion is the extremely cheap production of clothes or clothing produced by mass-produced retailers in response to the latest trends, typically in less developed countries. As mentioned earlier, these big companies who follow the fast fashion scheme include H&M, Sarah, and Shane. At first glance, this may not seem like a huge problem, but there are many, many environmental and ethical impacts on the employees who produce the clothing and that are working under very unfair
0: conditions. Wait, really? No wonder the clothes in H&M are so cheap. Are there any other benefits to fast fashion other than the clothing being affordable for many families?
1: Yes, there actually are a few benefits of fast fashion. The biggest, biggest one being that there is a lot of job opportunities which is great for employment, especially for developing countries.
0: Is this because um, for the fast fashion industry, you don't really need that big of an education system? Is that why it's good for developing countries?
1: Yes, especially if you're very poor, like a lot of people are in developing countries, they cannot afford to go to school, meaning they can't get education, which means they can't get a professional job. So this is a great way for them to make money. But another uh, really big uh, point what makes fast fashion, fashion really uh, useful to a lot of people is that it's super affordable. If you go to H&M, you can buy a whole outfit for like under 30 bucks, right? Yeah. It's pretty insane. And this is really good because some people don't have money. <laughs> like they can be like, oh, let me get my Gucci jacket. <laughs> you know, yeah. we don't all that money. Not even I have the money to buy some Gucci stuff. Uh, so this is why it's really important that people can still buy clothing for a cheap price, which also makes it more accessible to wear stylish clothing or try out new trends because it's super expensive. Uh, people would always wear the same thing and not not being able to branch out to new styles and try new clothing. Yeah.
0: Are there any other benefits to fast fashion?
1: I mean, it is great for the economy. <laughs> There's a reason why H&M and Zara and Shane are such big money makers because so many people buy them and they make a whole lot of money. Because sure, it may be cheap in the moment, but when you add up thousands and millions and all these people are just like, of a few dollars but put that to, like multiply by a lot eventually gets to huge sums of money and like the last thing i want to mention is this um it's like more it can also be seen as a con but that's instant gratification usually if you go shopping and you buy a new item you make it like a short-lived happiness that's what it's called like where you get a sudden uh, burst of adrenaline or Dopamine where you're like, Oh my god, I got a new shirt, it looks super cool, I'm super happy, I'm so it's it looks so cool and I want to fit in. They have it only lives for a very short amount of time, but it gives you a short amount of happiness. But again this can see it can be seen as a negative aspect as it won't really last long. Even in a few days you're like, Oh it's broken or or it has stain on it. Ah, not that important, or like, I got a new shirt, like what's the big deal about this one? So it can be seen as a
0: con. Yeah, that also happens to me a lot. I often get instant gratifications or like some like shopping sprees, for example, and I just want to continue buying because exactly. it's for such a low cost. I mean, I can buy so much with an H&M, for example.
1: Yeah. It's really a bargain. They do it on purpose, just
0: so they can get more money from you. Even though their clothing is so cheap and affordable, there has to be a catch, right? So could you please explain to us what the dark side of fast fashion is?
1: Yes. Unfortunately, fast fashion has a whole lot of disadvantages. The first one, and maybe the most popularized one, is the environmental impact of fast fashion. First of all, it overuses a whole lot of resources. For example, water, and once a stick, or like one study, it showed that 2,700 liters of water are used to make one cotton t-shirt.
0: Wait, one only one t-shirt?
1: Yes, one t-shirt, and if you make jeans, I believe it's like 33,000 liters. So it's an insane
0: amount. What? That's it's so crazy. crazy.
1: Yeah. Um, same goes for carbon, like, if you, like, do the math, <laughs> for let's say you buy five shirts per, uh, per year that are cotton mm-hmm. shirts, and you can, like, s- and everyone does that, you can, like, see that it goes into, like, the millions of carbon tons, and it's crazy, but one thing that I also found out um, from a statistic from Carbon Fact is that if you buy a cotton shirt, um, uh, you can, oh, like, for a cotton mm-hmm. shirt, you usually use 8-4 kilograms of CO2, but if it's recycled you use 5.6 co2 unfortunately this recycling thing does not happen very often if you could you could see that you reduce already three kilograms of co2 and i believe the best one is viscose polyester being the second best option and like the three most popular things but of course recycled is always better but um going more into the environment um when you do when you like make shirts really cotton shirts you need to cultivate the cotton. You need a whole lot of space. There's like millions of people buying shirts. <laughs> so you need a whole lot of cotton to supply these things. And this means that instead of having a very diverse uh, forest or field or whatever it may be, uh, everything becomes monocultural um, for the agriculture. This means it's not diverse. It's not what Earth really needs for the ecosystems. Um, like animals can't live there or insects especially because farmers can use pesticides which pollute the soil mm-hmm. Also, can go into water and ruin the water for local communities and like, it can be toxic and poisonous so there's a whole lot of issues with that and like as a little fun fact or maybe not that fun, more like a side fact is that less than 1% of all cotton is organic out of the 22.7 tons of co- cotton produced worldwide can you believe that?
0: wait, what? Only less than 1%? It's so crazy.
1: We need to make a change, or at least the government or these companies need to change, because it's 1%. That's, like, very little. Like, sure, there's a lot of tons of clothing, but if you could even do 5%, that would already make a substantial difference. Of course, we would want more than 5%, but something more than 1%.
0: Yeah.
1: It's even less, I can't believe it. Um, And also, another huge deal is that since the clothing is extremely low quality, people tend to throw it away lead to a whole lot of waste. We'll get into more parts of these later, but uh, one thing is that 17 million tons of textile, there's 70 million tons of textile waste per year in the US alone, according to the most recent EPA data. And this is around 112 pounds per person. And to put this in perspective, I weigh around 120 pounds. So it's almost the same weight as I am, which is like unbelievable.
0: Wait, 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 112 pounds of waste?
1: Yeah. Every year in the U.S.
0: Uh, on average. Just in the U.S. That's so crazy.
1: Like, and we have mm-hmm. 8 billion people on the earth. And yeah. they don't all live in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really a problem. hmm Damn. And so other, like, fun facts, I throw them in there, or statistics, if that sounds better, is that fast fashion is the second biggest polluter after oil.
0: After? Only after oil? Yes. Yeah. This
1: shows you how big a problem it is.
0: Not even transportation is in front of it? No. Damn. It's crazy. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> and also another like big like surprising thing is that from 1994 to 2014, the global garment production increased by 400%. This means that it's 80 billion garments produced every year.
0: 80 billion?
1: Yes, 80 billion. It's like this number is unimaginable.
0: It's so crazy. Um, and also, what about the social implications? I mean, I'm sure with this much pollution and garments production, there has to be some sort of labor exploitation or unsafe working conditions, right?
1: Yes, there definitely are a whole lot. Because the environment is not the only thing that suffers. But so are the workers who work in almost unbearable conditions that are alien to most of the people um, from other countries like in Germany or the US. So basically how this happens is that because the manufacturers want to make a whole lot of money, a whole lot of profit. Of course, and to do this, they have to send their cloth to poor countries, such as Bangladesh or China, to sell them to clothing because their wages are significantly lower, like, significantly, because they get paid less than women's wage, which is already very little. And another aspect to keep in consideration, which is also emphasized by the WDR, which stands for the best rundfunk which is a German radio station, is that although clothing production gives many people work, the conditions are extremely harsh. For example, in Bangladesh, they have to work more than 10 hours a day, six times a week, and still get paid only 50 euros a month. So about 56 US dollars. So in order to put this in perspective, the minimum wage per month is roughly 95 dollars or 85 euros. And the actual wage of respondents is nevertheless 46 euros. But the living wage is 173 euros. So this shows you um, that pe- poor people always stay poor or get poor, maybe become homeless, because they struggle to pay the bills because their jobs will give them enough pay. This is also why that the work and crazy shifts, like 14 to 16 hours a day, seven days a week, and then maybe all the way to like 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning, waking up at 6 so they can get back to work. It's absolutely insane.
0: 14 to 16 hours a day? That's... Wait, what? That's, that can't be, right?
1: Yeah, like most people here, I think in the U.S., like work like 8 hours or something. Like, imagine. It's
0: yeah, double. It's crazy. I also heard in the news that the health of the workers is at risk because they would inhale toxic substances that are produced during the production of dyeing of the clothing, making a hazardous environment. Plus, the workers have limited space to work and get very few short breaks.
1: Yeah, the factors are just filled to the brim with workers, so you almost never have your own personal space.
0: Are there any other downsides to fast fashion? Right now I'm really regretting buying from H&M and Zara.
1: Yeah, that's what usually happens when you
0: figure out all these things.
1: But yeah, uh, one big thing which you probably notice if you shop from these things is that everything is extremely low quality, which means it has a very short lifespan. Because companies will make it really cheap, and to do that they need to have some cheap materials. They can't have some fancy stuff because that's cost way too much. Also, they produce extremely rapidly, so maybe the sewing might not be as intricate and as strongly held. Which, as you can guess, it breaks extremely easily meaning you can't really do that often. I mean, after a few times you wear it, it's already broken, which is... Like, yeah, that know. happens
0: to me often when I buy from H&M. I have to admit.
1: Yeah, same here, you know. Um, and, yeah, also, as I mentioned kind of earlier, is that, again, it's also uh, makes uh, that you have short-lived happiness because it breaks so fast. You're like, you like it one day, the next day, like, oh, my God, I don't know, the strap already broke. Oh, I can't wear it anymore. And then, like, I oh, need to buy something new. And then, you like, you get into a bad mood. <laughs> so again this also you to buy more which is like it's like a whole cycle it's like almost because like they want you to break it so you can buy a new one and it's like this whole thing looks like a whole behavior change because past fashion affects the newer generations and they start with these new bad habits which is that they always want to spend more money and new things and um it's only for a short uh, satisfaction, like short time of having that, and you also lose patience. You always want things fast and quick and new, and you won't appreciate hard work and quality, because all you know is that fast new stuff, please right now. You know, like it's all yeah. bam bam bam, and that's not how life is. If you should um, respect uh, quality versus quantity.
0: Yeah, and I think this has a lot of a lot to do with, the, like, rapid fashion trends, especially due to social media like tiktok and yeah. other social media platforms like instagram as well is that there's the fashion trends they switch very rapidly yeah which forces right. the fashion industry like h&m and zara to have to readjust so that they stay ahead of the trends and mm-hmm. don't fall behind and lose their profit
1: yeah i definitely agree with this and also one thing to add on to that is yes it is good that people are showing their style and like inspiring others but as I said, it will make people want to buy more instead of saying, instead of looking at their own closet, being like, oh, how can I recreate this? Instead, they're like, oh, let me look at the comments where they got this from. Oh, it's from H&M. Okay, I'll go there and buy the exact same thing. Maybe yeah. you could recreate it. It's like a whole lot of problems, and it's really bad for their new generation.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. So we've talked a lot about the pros and cons about fast fashion, but what can we as the consumers do as intervention instead of having to solely rely on the government to change
1: yeah, there are actually quite a few things you can do, maybe different than you may think. The first one is extremely obvious, <laughs> but it really means something, is buying less and choosing quality over quantity. I know a lot of people will be like, oh my god, it's so obvious, but if you really think about it, when you go to a store, remind yourself, do I have something similar to this? Do I really need it? Just If you just go over it one more time, you may realize, actually, I don't need it, and that's one less thing. That makes a minimal impact but does something. Another thing is that you can support ethical brands, some of them also, they really be transparent about what they do and say, oh, we have really good working conditions, or we work locally and we our people right here. Maybe the cl- people that even make clothing are actually selling it themselves. So you can really see that they're not overusing them and getting burnout. out. Um, and my favorite thing is thrift shopping or secondhand shopping. With help social media, if they really give them credit, this has really spiked, or at least like people knowing about it. I only found out about it because social media and I absolutely loved it. I wish I knew about it sooner because some of my favorite favorite clothing pieces I've bought it through second hand shopping and I even bought it for cheaper. I Remember, like I bought one thing for ten dollars. It was like a type of jacket, and it, and when I looked at the price, it's actually from Athleta. It costed a hundred dollars, which is like insane. hundred dollars? Yeah, I sit, literally ten dollars for a hundred dollars, and it's like That's super such a good common. deal. It's literally insane. Like I did not know about it when I bought it. I was like, oh, it's kind of cool, and like, just for fun, looked it up, and I was like, what the heck. That's not possible, I just that much money. Yeah. See, so yeah, I almost wear it all the time, and it's like my favorite little flannel that I wear is also from there. So, definitely recommend going thrift shopping if you haven't done it already. Would you ever want to go thrift shopping, or have you gone before?
0: Well, I haven't yet, but I mean, now seeing all the negatives on fast fashion, I might consider going thrift shopping or secondhand shopping. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I definitely think, like, if you especially want to get like um, old type of clothing that maybe a little bit more vintage or like. I think, like, especially in second-hand shopping, you get some really cool stuff there. But you can find, like, things that are kind of popular in trending. Like, that thing I knocked blood up that I got for $10. I still
0: can't believe you got such a good deal off of that.
1: Yeah, I'm still blown away by it. Like, I'm like, ha. Ah.
0: could you also fix or, like, yeah, just fix old clothes that have broken up?
1: Yes. You know, actually, right now, while I'm recording this podcast. This shirt that I'm wearing, it's, like, some random, like, white shirt. It was actually a dress, but I didn't like how it looked on me. Because it was a little small or something, I don't remember. And I just uh, cut off the axis, and I just made it a top. And really? it looks, yeah, I, I think it looks totally normal. Um, yeah. People normally guess, I mean, did you notice?
0: I have, I do not have a, the slightest clue. <laughs> oh
1: so, yeah, so there you see. Um, and also don't need like, to be able to uh, sew, because I always thought, oh, I can never like make my own clothing, no. Actually, I like, already made this path a like, few months, I've already like, made five pieces of clothing just because using old things that I found in my closet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey. I can reuse this. So you just cut out the shirt and you already got something new.
0: So we've talked also about the consumer, like what the consumer can do. But what can the government and the industry do? And what responsibility and future solutions are there?
1: Well, this is very complicated and probably what I say won't (laughs) happen. But in my hopes, my idea is that the government could use the taxes to support companies who are more ethical and sustainable. That way, the companies can lower their prices, making sustainable clothing more affordable and therefore more accessible to people.
0: But wouldn't this mean that the government would have to raise their taxes to compensate for this?
1: It could be, but I did think about that once I read that um, this is from Inuit, uh, Intuit, That 20% of the U.S. taxes go into military defense. I understand that the government wants to put money into this segment. However, there are many other problems at hand. Climate change and human rights being a huge crisis, and I think more money should be fueled in this. So if we could change the percentage of where taxes go to, we could make it possible.
0: Do you think this could be possible in the near future?
1: As I said earlier, unfortunately, it will be a while to those changes, since up to this point, there's only been very slow progress on other small things.
0: Can't the government issue new policies and regulations in order to tackle this horrifying working conditions?
1: Yes, the government could reduce the amount of harmful chemicals used to produce use of the production of fast fashion. Additionally, the government could forge a big uh, for, could big brands like H&M to promote transparency because honestly, we actually have no idea what's going behind the scenes in H&M. Sure people have made some studies and figured things out, but who knows there's even more going on they're hiding from us. And another huge issue is that, that globally only 30% of all collected clothing are resold on domestic markets due to the poor quality and low resale value.
0: Wait, only 30%?
1: Yes, the 70% are shipped elsewhere. And these rest um, are bailed and sold to textile merchants. who ship them overseas to places such as the sub-Saharan Africa to sell to countries like Kenya and Ghana and Senegal.
0: What's the problem then if it gets shipped to Africa? Doesn't that create a lot of job openings and can potentially boost the African economy?
1: Well this is true, an abundant amount, an amount of textiles that are exported can't be fixed. Or maybe they're already broken or who knows what they have. Stained, and uh, they end up in landfills, where they eventually end up in either really big spaces, which is like a huge dump uh, filled with trash, or can even make its way to its water, where it will pollute the oceans. This is basically just moving. The- also, like this a huge thing I want to mention is that this is just moving responsibility and blame and problem over to African countries, even though they're the countries who least contribute to the situation. So now, what the government could do is reduce the amount of exports in their textiles.
0: Wow, I still can't believe that how 70% of all textiles that get recycled actually end up in Africa.
1: Yeah, it really is insane. It definitely needs to change. So, as a quick recap of everything we talked about today, we talked about the pros and cons of fast fashion. We talked about what we can do as consumers, as well as what we governance can do, and how maybe taxes can be used better. But why don't we talk a little bit about what we think, or like our final thoughts a little bit. So... For my opinion, I would say the best thing you can do is to research. This means by, just by listening to this podcast, you're already doing a lot because you're educating yourself. And by educating yourself, you can spread awareness to others. And this is really the most important thing. The thing is once this word comes around, but with all these problems that we need to change them ASAP, then maybe things will actually change and maybe these fast fashion companies will be better or maybe they won't exist anymore. Who knows what will happen? Um, and maybe there's some really good books and documentaries out there i personally have actually not read any um, i just usually do research on websites but i, I just actually looked, googled uh, for this podcast there's a whole lot of books out there and, and those are documentaries and one of my friends made that recommended me a documentary called the true cost it seems to have really good reviews um so i guess recommend watching that i really want to watch it and yeah other thing like websites are great as i mentioned earlier and youtube videos not all of them will be great, but I think they're a great source, especially for students. I absolutely love to study with YouTube. Um, yeah. And I guess, thank you so much, Nico, for having me on the show. Um, I hope you guys subscribe or bring us more like follow this podcast and to your future episodes. See you then.